This is the Build Your Best Family podcast. Today's episode is Navigating the Storms of Family Life with Jess Carey. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love and become the family you were meant to be. Navigating the storms of life can be hard, especially when we try to face them alone. I brought my friend Jess on the podcast today to talk with us about her new book, Taking a Journey with God at the Helm. It's a book for anyone who wants to follow God's plan for their life, but are unsure of how to begin. It provides personal testimonies and an effort to give the reader the courage to set sail on their own voyage. Now, our conversation took a few pleasant turns, and we ended up talking about so much more than the book. We talked about practical ways to help our kids build and maintain friendships and community. We talked about making mom friends and how our faith allows us to open up and be vulnerable. We even talked about how to navigate our kids' funky moods and the gift of embarrassment. You'll want to hear about that. It's hard to sum up this episode in a few sentences. It was so good. Are you interested in creating a home that your family will love? One that lines up with your family's culture? I'd love to help. And so I've opened up a handful of coaching spots to do just that. I'm also available to walk you through the Build Your Best Family online course or focus on a particular situation or challenge that is preventing you from going where you are to where you want to be as a family. Go to www.buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash coaching to schedule a call today. Today, I'm talking with Jess Carey. Jess is the author of Chart a Course, Taking a Journey with God at the Helm, which reached number one in the new releases for religious studies in the first week on Amazon. She and her husband, Alex, have moved more than eight times across 11,000 miles in the past decade, including a stint internationally. From acting in New York to running a business overseas, she has consistently stepped into the unknown. Navigating the transitions life presented developed into some practical tactics to continually seek God's direction. Jessica is currently a student at Hillsong Leadership College pursuing a certificate of pastoral ministry. Her life is marked by building family, faith, church, and community. She lives in Phoenix with her two beautiful kids, husband Alex and Golden Doodle Pearl. Amazing to have you on the podcast. It was such a pleasure to meet you back in November in Nashville at Blistem. And now I'm super excited to um, connect with you again and, and let our listeners hear about you and your book and your message. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And yes, it was awesome meeting you. It was one of those moments, you know, when you meet kindred spirits and uh-huh. you're like, wait, I, I know you. I don't know you, but you're yeah. like a person that I know. <laughs> I know, so good. I know, especially while you from home, not yeah. around usual people um, exactly. to make that connection so fun. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. All right. So a question that I ask all of my guests is what is your family known for? So I love this question, Kim. It's such a good question. And at first it was kind of like, I, when I thought about it, I was like, wow, what is my family known for? But there are a couple of like, I think there's a couple of family pillars that each family has, right? It's mm-hmm. like, these are the things that we prioritize over yeah. other things. But me and my husband had this funny conversation where we're like Nike. It's just, we just do it. Like <laughs> our family is like, just go do it. Whatever it is, <laughs> go yeah. after it. So we yeah. kind of, I would say adventure is definitely one of our values and that we always, uh, 
encourage our kids and ourselves to do the things that are scary or that are like, oh, I've never done that before. Um, especially if someone's had an interest in that, right? They're like, oh, that'd be cool to try. Yeah. It's like, well, what's stopping you? Just go, just do it. So yeah. I think that's kind of what we're known for. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like with our kids, um, me and my husband often talk about the fact that anytime our kids have something that interests them, okay, what do you need? You need lessons? You need a mentor? Like, let's get it for you. Let's get it for you. And it comes from our generation of parents. They're just like, oh, that's nice. Okay, right. good for you. I didn't know that you could go out in the backyard and practice every day. And, and, and there was no videos that you could watch to train for a sport or, or an instrument or this or that. I feel like I'm smothering my kids and they're like, all right, already. I'm not going to bring it up anymore if this is what you're going to do to me. <laughs> it's like they have an interest in violin and they're like, don't tell mom. <laughs> I'll be having lessons four days a week. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, I thought I would do computer code. And like all of a sudden they've got like a Mac and yeah, three screens and here's your gamer headphones. Like go do it. <laughs> so I, I mean, I love that though. I think, yeah, I think that's what our jobs are as parents. You know, I love what the word says. It's like teach a child in the way they should go. Mm-hmm. And when they're mm-hmm. old, they'll not stray from it. Yeah. So I think in some ways it is our job to pay yeah. attention to the yeah. giftings that are in our kids yeah. and then guide that or sort of gently lead them towards those things. And yeah. then we pray against, you know, the smothering aspect of our Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm sure they're <laughs> praying against it too. <laughs> yeah. My, my kids play, this was mom dream that I forced on my kids. I'll just admit it <laughs> because I gave up on playing a musical instrument when I was little. And it's like one of the biggest regrets in my life. I may revisit it as an adult, who knows? But, um, but I was like, my kids must play an instrument and they're going to play it until high school because I want them to be good at it. (laughs) And here we are year two of saxophone and cello. And I'm like, we are not doing this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) They hate it. Did you pick bigger instruments though? No, no, they got to choose. Like I was very, I was like, I don't care what you play, but you have to play something. And so they got to choose their instruments. And then it was just like, oh, the, the constant nag to like, you need to practice, you need to practice, you know? And, and then we'd have, before they would have a concert, they would practice like crazy. And and it was, you know, nails on a chalkboard type of practice. And I'm like, okay, this is clearly not a gifting or an interest. It's me pushing my dream on my kids. So We'll see yeah. how they do. <laughs> we did the same thing with instruments. and But what I've, I've, as the kids gotten older and as you have to spend money in order for them to do these things that they want to do, I've really decided that we're only going to put our money behind the things that they will self-initiate on. At this point, wow. I can't, I'm not signing you up for the club team if I have to talk you into going to practice. Like yeah. this doesn't make any sense. If I don't see you in the backyard in your spare time kicking the ball around, there's no way I'm yeah. going to drive to another state so you can play in games. It's not, it's happening. <laughs> That's not happening. So yeah, I'm trying to nurture them in the areas where I feel like they need a little bit of a mentor or a coach or a push, but then definitely at some point going, this isn't, this isn't my thing. If you don't want to put the hours in or the reps in and you don't love it, I'm not, I can't, yeah, I can't, I think be, it really can't become my advice. thing. Yeah. But I think that's really, really good advice, especially as your kids get to that age where they're cognizant of the Mm -hmm. choices they're making. Yeah, It's sort of like, no, you have to own this. This is your responsibility. That's 
helping them become an adult. Like, yeah. what are you going to invest your time mm-hmm. and your resource in? So I love that lesson. I think that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is a journey. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. So you're here to talk about your book. Um, now, a segment of your book talks about the storms and how often they create isolation. So let's dig right, just, just dive right in. And let's talk about some practical advice that you can give us about how to engage your community during this time. Yeah, right. Like we are all isolated. And this is so weird, especially for people that are extroverted. It's like, mm-hmm. I need people. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, I have found that we all have devices in our hands pretty much all the time at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. And the device's original uh, goal <laughs> was to make phone calls. Yeah. And so really pra- you know, practical advice, make a phone call and an actual voice call, not a text message, mm-hmm. you know, not um, sending, even though I think that those are valuable too, but it's like, use it to pick up the phone and hear someone's voice or mm-hmm. use FaceTime where you can actually do a video call with a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, or I have called several girlfriends and we've had virtual coffee dates where we literally set a date in the calendar like we would normally, mm-hmm. um, only we'd be meeting, you know, at Starbucks or whatever. Yeah. And we'll literally sit on our FaceTime call and have coffee and have a chat. And that has been so good for my soul during this whole COVID crisis, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it still feels like I'm having engagement with my community. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. and then it also opens the door to I, we were just talking, or I was just talking with uh, my connect group from church and so many of them felt like, because I'm in a very busy season of life right now that mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, I don't want to bother you by calling you, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that's a lie from the enemy to keep us isolated. It's like, yeah. no, if just call the person, yeah. leave a voicemail and then send a text message. Hey, I just called, just want to catch up call me when you have five minutes. Mm -hmm. Like it's as simple as that because it opens the door for someone to actually have a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. So that's one really practical thing. The other thing that I love, this is really old school. So forgive me for this, Kim, but is mail a letter or a card. Having a tangible reminder that someone is thinking of you during this Mm -hmm. isolated period Mm -hmm. is profoundly impactful. Yeah. So I've, I've, been making a habit of sending letters and I've actually gotten a few. And the ones that I got, like, I think you forget how much it fills your soul to get a card in the mail. And I was like, Oh, it's like pretty. And someone said something nice in it. (laughs) So those are my, my, you know, I would say COVID isolation Mm -hmm. outside of that. When you're going through a stormy season, it is imperative Mm -hmm. to have your crew get you through that storm. And, and, and you're going to engage them in the same way, only you'll probably, you know, obviously have more face-to-face mm-hmm. contact mm-hmm. when possible, but pick up the phone, make a phone call, send a text message, send a card, ask for help. Yeah. The first thing I want to do is pull away. When I'm struggling with something, I definitely want to shut down. What is your advice for overcoming that? I appreciate my community and I know the value of community and I've been taught it and I've seen how how much it matters. But then when I'm struggling, I just think, well, let me just deal with it on my own. I don't need to bother them with that. Yeah. 
my yeah. problem isn't a big deal. I can get through it without them. Um, yes, I feel you. And I completely understand that uh, feeling. And, and I mm-hmm. have the same thing. But I have recognized that that is the enemy getting me off on my own. Mm-hmm. It's like if we consider the sheep, right? The most vulnerable sheep are the ones that are away from the actual flock. Yeah. And so it's like, that's the one that is open to attack. That's the one that is, is not hearing the shepherd's voice, mm-hmm. you know? So when you, when that lie comes into your head, like, I don't want to bother someone with my problems, you know, yeah. that's literally the enemy saying, Oh, gotcha. Now, mm-hmm. like I've got her on her own. Now I'm in her mindset you know, making her think that she has to overcome this problem on her own. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's just a lie. Like yeah. we should run to the arms of trusted friends in those moments, even if it's something small, like the other day, Alex and I, that's my husband. We, we, ha- we've had some passionate conversations in um, quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. <laughs> We're learning, <laughs> but I thought to myself, my marriage isn't falling apart, but this is a struggle and I'm, I need some counsel. I need to talk to someone that isn't going to say, oh my gosh, like run right now. Like your marriage is falling apart. I didn't need someone like that. I just need someone with steady wisdom mm-hmm. that was going to help me, you know, return to a healthy pattern of communication. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I did, I got on the phone, I called some of my spiritual friends, like what I, what I call my spiritual mentors. And I called them like, Hey, this is what's going on. And I mean, they were hilarious. They were just like, Oh, I feel you girl. This is normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you go from him traveling, like pretty much like three days a week to 24 seven yeah. in your face yeah, there's going to be some heated conversations. Just deal. Like you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they gave some good wisdom, but that's what I needed. You know, I yeah. needed to hear, I'm okay. This is normal. Yeah. And work at it. Like get, yeah. get to work, girl. So. Yeah. Now this might seem like a weird question, but do you pick and choose who you talk to about certain things? Because I have a group of friends we're all in a group chat and we go to church together and we meet regularly, but my kids are the oldest of all of them. And so I'm the only one whose life has not changed. Everybody else, they've got little ones. They don't have a free second to go to the bathroom anymore. And I'm dealing with different issues with my children. Should I be picking and choosing who I talk to? Cause I feel bad. That's when I, that's when I withdraw. Should I look through my Rolodex and find people that might relate better or like, yeah. No, I I 100% agree with that. I think that we have um, different people that we can trust with different aspects of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have made a habit of finding women that are much older than me, mm-hmm. that are in a you know a full generation, if not two, above the season that I'm in. Yeah, um, because they've been there. They literally walk that road. And they're not, usually they're not surprised by anything that I bring to them. Mm, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, if you can, it's like, look for those, like those grandmothers, you know, those mm-hmm. great grandmothers, even that can say, oh yeah, like we went through this, like, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, because there's a difference. We need all different aspects of community. And I love the word because it actually tells us that we should have this generational 
community. We should have yeah. a, a, a pattern of counseling and giving and receiving wisdom as generations. Mm -hmm. And so for you, Kim, like you're literally reaching to a younger generation. You're mm -hmm. able to help those that have littles yeah. like underfoot all day, yeah. just not lose their mind. Right. And yeah. be like, it's, it's going to be okay. Like I promise if you're covered in like baby food from morning till night, it won't last. Like yeah. you will get through it. Yeah. Um, but they need that. That. They mm -hmm. need to hear that because, you know, when you are in that slog of life, it's hard. Like you feel mm -hmm. physically drained, you feel unattractive, yeah. um, you know, all those things that like find themselves in our heads. Yeah. And then when you get to the season that you're in, it's like a whole nother ball game. Yeah. It's like this psychological, oh my gosh, am I raising my children with good character? Why do they have <laughs> such a horrible attitude today? Where did I go wrong? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's something so different. Um, yeah. And and the only people that can really, I think, speak into it with wisdom are the people that have already done it. So yeah. that's who yeah. I look for. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm talking to my friends and they're talking about establishing a devotional time with their kids right now. And I'm like, you don't understand. I have teenagers. One is doing like AP physics and the other one's got to train. Nobody's up at the same time. We're not having breakfast together. I mean, yes, I could move things around, but I've already got it started on the day. It's not the same, right? right and right. so we can offer each other encouragement. But I think too, if I want strategies, I need to talk to somebody who's either in the trenches or ahead of me and 100%. Like doing their own thing and trying to figure out what works for them. And Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you don't know those mamas, like mm -hmm. that, that's a real thing too. Like you could be in a season where you're like, I know no one Yeah, right now. Alex and I moved a lot and I talk about a lot of that in the book, but it's like mm -hmm. the very first thing that we would do is find a local church, like get mm -hmm. planted in a local church and find some like-minded women that mm -hmm. you can that, that they can steer you and guide you to the group of people that literally will be that, yeah. that support, you know, that you need. Even in this season, there's tons of online churches happening yeah. and like we're doing like Zoom connect groups and yeah. things. So we're still inviting new people in. We're still helping mm -hmm. to try to like, you know, get people through this tough season. So mm -hmm. it's out there. You just have to be intentional and go look for yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. All right. So we know how important community is for us. So let's talk about community for our children, because that's a pretty big deal, right? Who their friends are, who they're connected with. Absolutely. I think sometimes we overemphasize what their friends are doing and all of that when we should stay focused on building the right character in our children, because when mm -hmm. we build that character, they actually choose well. So now that's not going to mean that they're not going to have a batch of bad friends or they're going to choose one or two yeah. here, but eventually they'll tire of someone that mm -hmm. doesn't align with what is inside of them. Um, so, yeah. So I think it's like, just stay focused on what are the aspects of your child that you, uh, that you want to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, but building community for kids requires us to participate mm -hmm. hands down and so it depends on the age of the child for sure, like how you build community. And if we're talking about like in this particular season that we find ourselves in, like littles, you know, toddlers and, and preschool age kids, that's actually really challenging to mm -hmm. do community. 
unless you have like a neighbor or neighborhood that has some Mm -hmm. little kids that you can just say, Hey, we're going to all be part of the same quarantine group. Yeah. You know, or families or whatever. That's what I would recommend. But, and even outside of that for little kids, it's like, yeah, you as a mom are the chauffeur to facilitate play dates. Mm -hmm. That's actually how you do build community. Mm-hmm. find mamas that you want to spend time with that also have kids that are mm-hmm. that age. Yeah. And that's how you build community for them. Yeah. Now, elementary school kids are actually a lot easier. I think at this, it, you know, with the whole COVID quarantine thing, we, my kids started using Facebook messenger. So I don't know if you know about that. Mm-hmm. So well, go ahead tell me more about it. I mean, I know well, I have it on my phone, but how, how do so your kids year, use they it? They have a kid's messenger. So it's not like oh, the adult okay. version. It's like, just for kids. Okay. And like parents have to approve every single person that can speak to your child via this messaging app. And they have like special stickers and like gifts that are kids appropriate, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so my kids have been using that to actually chat with their friends from school. They're able to do video calls and Mm -hmm. it's in an environment that is actually regulated for children about that age. Mm -hmm. So, and even adults, like my, my mom talks to my kids through the kids messaging app. And so they love that too. So they're kind of like staying in touch with their relatives at the same time. Yeah. Uh, A couple of other ideas that I love and that we have done is, have you ever, have you heard of the Netflix watch party? Yes. Tell me more about it, but I just heard about it. Yeah. So basically you can schedule like um, a party for your, your kids to watch the same movie with their friends. Okay. And so it's like, okay, we're going to watch a movie tonight. And this is where, you know, and they all kind of join together and they can watch the same movie. And then afterwards we kind of would let them do like a video call. Like, what'd you think of the movie? And it was so cool. And so it gives them a point of connection and a topic that (laughs) everybody can then participate in because they all just experience the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then neighborhood scavenger hunts. I love this idea. It's like one of my favorites. Yeah, Uh, We did a shamrock uh, in the window scavenger hunt during... um, St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And so that and sidewalk chalk art exhibits. This idea was like, okay, I love this idea. <laughs> so there was a theme for the art exhibit. And so it was like really easy, like little kids could potentially do it, yeah. but all the way up to high school, like you would walk through the, the sidewalks and see all of these gorgeous sidewalk chalk displays that met like the art exhibit theme. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, that was just so cool. And since we knew some of the neighbors' homes, it was like, oh, that's such and such as art, you know? Yeah. So oh, I it, love that. Who organized that? So, you know, the, I don't know if you guys have, we have like these neighborhood apps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Nextdoor. Okay. Yeah. So we're part of the next door app and like a mom just was like, Hey, we're going to do this. And then literally like every mom in the whole neighborhood was like, we're doing it too. Oh, that's so <laughs> great. So, so it was really cool. And then the, the last thing is like birthdays and celebrations. Oh mm-hmm. gosh, Kim. like everybody's so depressed. Cause you know, we can't like celebrate how we would normally celebrate grads birthdays, all the things, you know, even weddings, anniversaries, every celebration is like, (laughs) (laughs) like, oh, boring. But 
a couple of things that the kids, my kids have participated in that has been mm-hmm. really super fun mm-hmm. is um, birthday drive-by parades. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people decorate their cars and all that. Yeah. Um, but I love this for older kids uh, doing a TikTok montage. Mm. So theming a birthday, like TikTok montage for your kid yeah. and then letting all their friends like create a TikTok in their honor you know, kind of just stuff like that. It's just fun. And it lets them know that people are still thinking of them. They still Uh think they're cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, those are ideas of just building communities, still celebrating, being in it together, I guess. Yeah. You know what I've found is I've tried to help my kids create community around common interests and hobbies pre-COVID, but they can still do it now. But I, I explained to them friendship for the sake of friendship typically doesn't last, especially when the proximity goes away, when you're not mm-hmm. seeing that person all the time. So what is it that you can do or experience with your friends, like you're saying the Netflix, so that you have something to talk about? Because as my kids get older, hanging out is sitting on the couch and everyone's on their phones. So when it's not COVID, my daughter's done a book club, she's done a cooking club, and these aren't necessarily the people that she's BFF with or sits at the lunch table with. These, I've encouraged them to find people that have the same interest in them. And it's okay to be friends with them here and then have your friend group here and then have your set of friends here. Just like what we talked about earlier with having people in different seasons of our lives and different interests and experiences. And that's how you grow. Um, And that's been really fun. But I see that now, even with my kids, my oldest, who's a junior in high school is like building Minecraft worlds with her yeah. friends and that's what they so do. They fun. get on and they're in the world together. And then they actually had a friend of theirs had a birthday. And so they built him this Minecraft world and then they were going to give it to him. Oh, like, cool. So, <laughs> so coming up with these like things that you can do together, a common purpose, a common interest, I think brings people together, even kids because they don't have the proximity they had before. So how do they connect without just spending more hours gossiping about who's doing what and what they saw online? You know, yeah. I think, you touched on something really important too, um, is essentially what can, I always try to teach my kids, especially my daughter, mm-hmm. be the kind of friend that you want to have in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's like, what can you do now to cheerlead that friend? Even when you don't agree with them, even when yeah. they do like silly stuff and like say things, maybe that are like, didn't, you didn't love or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, how can you send a word of encouragement? How can you honor something in them so mm-hmm. that 10 years from now, you still have that friend? Yeah. You know, because people want to be around people that they feel good about themselves. And that's easy. Like, honestly, that's a really yeah. easy thing to do, yeah. even though it's really hard in our self-centered minds to be reminded of. So if as parents, we can constantly remind our kids to, to like send a message to their best friend and be like, Hey, have you told, you know, have you told Sarah that you loved, you know, her posts or, you know, she cooked something, whatever. My daughter's totally into baking right now. So she posts mm-hmm. pictures of cakes every day. And <laughs> Do you have to eat them all? <laughs> oh gosh. I was like, man, I have to get back into triathlon. <laughs> this is like a new skill that is not good for my bottom line. <laughs> For sure. Um, But I mean, she's really good at it, actually, Kim, which is also dangerous. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so she's like posting these things. So the little words of encouragement that she gets from her friends are gold. Mm. And so I remind her of that. I'm like, hey, you need to, you know, know, tell Sarah that 
you loved this that she did, or, mm-hmm. you know, that you're missing her face and you love like the time that you guys have shared or whatever. And in that, I think her mind sort of flicks to the, the place of, oh yeah, like I like when I get encouraged, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think that helps to secure community long-term. Yeah. And I do think friendship, you know, a lot of people think that friendship just is, happens naturally or that our kids naturally have the skills to do it. And I don't think that's true. And I've had a heart recently to just find, find ways to teach my kids how to be good friends. Cause I don't yeah. think they know. I think it's a something they can learn how to be in community and what it looks like and what you need to do to maintain that and nurture that. And yeah. So I think it's important that we take time to teach them those things. Amen, Kim. That's a hundred percent true. I mean, adults struggle with this. Like, yeah. you know, I, the, I have heard of so many, um, mom, like I listen to a lot of podcasts, honestly, cause I love them and I yeah. think they're super fun. Uh, but they're like, you know, making mom friends, you know, this is, this is a topic. It's like a hot topic Yeah, because we as adults even sometimes struggle in, and, and certainly making a new friend is different than maintaining a friendship. Yeah. We got to teach our kids how to do that. And in a society that is literally so device dependent, mm-hmm. how do we help them leverage what is available to them on the device, mm-hmm. but also not be totally dependent on it and yeah. you know, have face-to-face time, have a real genuine human friendship. Like mm-hmm. this is a person I hug and yeah. you know, want to be in close proximity to. Yeah. And I think too, as you were mentioning, you know, several of my children's friends, multiple children, different kids, they have friends whose parents have gone through divorces. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've I've asked my my children, my girls, I'm like, oh, so what did she say about it? Nothing. Like, it's interesting. I'm finding that kids are not sharing their struggles with one another. And I feel like when I was growing up, we didn't have the devices, right? So that's all we did was talk and talk and share our feelings. And I feel like there's so much more or less of that. And I'm like, how can your best friend in the world, parents go through a divorce and her not say a single thing to you about it? Well, that's yeah. just not what we do. We have not what we talk about. And I'm just like, wow, these are supposed to be your closest friends. And like, you didn't know this was happening. What would you say are they talking about? Does, does she share that? It depends on the group. So I have a, a, an older daughter. They talk a lot about like school and work and they do talk about boys, but I wouldn't say that's their primary focus. And then I have another daughter who it's all about who's hanging out with who and what, who's in what's group and what they saw online and who looks like this. And so they talk about very different things, but um, like if they're not sharing things now as children, how do they become adults that are in community sharing the things that they're struggling with? Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I, I do, I do think different, uh, different children like experience, you know, those types of things. I mean, mm-hmm. for me being a, a child of divorce, <laughs> I, I don't know that I actually shared much of my parents' divorce with my friends mm. at the time. Yeah. Um, it was, it was actually really painful. And, mm. you know, I just wanted, when I was with my friends, I just wanted it to be fun. Like I just yeah. wanted a relief. Like I didn't want to have to think about that. Yeah. So it could be some of that to be fair. Yeah. But then again, yeah, it's like, 
could I have dealt with a lot of the trauma that I experienced during that time better if I had shared it with a friend? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that came out much later in some therapy session. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what I mean. <laughs> that was good. Transition into adults that share and open up a community. If like, yeah. as our children, they yeah. just, they're like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I think also though, I mean, this is, this is a part of, uh, you know, faith mm-hmm. because when our children are confident in a holy God, in an mm-hmm. all-knowing God that yeah. is actually listening to the cry of their heart, yeah, then then they're much more ready to share that pain with other people that they trust because they've yeah. established that I can so share good. that stuff with God, right? Yeah. And so I think we need to help our children establish that line of communication really strongly. And when they have that, they naturally evangelize their friend groups, not because they're trying to, right? just because their friends will see in them, like, gosh, they just, they just tell me like what's going on in their life. Like they're so open. They're so honest. Mm, Yeah. And when other kids see someone being open and honest, it gives them permission to do Mm -hmm. the same. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a a good way to to foster that kind of openness in friendships is teach your kids that, hey, you're not going to be able to tell me everything. I already tell my 12 year old. I'm like, there will be things, Mm -hmm. there will be topics that you're like, I could never tell my mom that. (laughs) And, you know, and while you, you actually could, you don't want to, and that's okay. Like I give her full permission. I'm like, but your youth leaders, tell them, I'm like, they're, you know, they're 20 years younger than me. Praise you, Jesus. (laughs) Um, And, you know, but they're older than she is. And so they can literally speak into the different things that she's going through from, more of the perspective of their friend, but they're a godly friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah, but you're right. It's about creating a culture in our home where we're establishing that relationship with them and God. And then also us too, having open conversations with them as well. Yeah. So like you said, even with the character, when they get around other people where they're not meshing up, they can they can make good choices, but they can also then encourage and be a light to them as well. Absolutely. So Kim, good question for you since you have teenagers. When you see, like, let's just, this may not be the case, but we're just going to assume for for argument's (laughs) sake um, that your daughter like is starting to spend time with another girl that Mm -hmm. doesn't exhibit the character that you would hope that your daughter would, Mm -hmm. for example. And so she comes home and she starts to sort of have a couple of patterns of, you know, communication with you and maybe Mm -hmm. an attitude that you don't like. Mm -hmm. How do you address that? Well, I definitely try to embrace whoever it is that I see that my kids are hanging out with. So I go out of my way to be the one who drives. Where do you need a ride to? Like be present. Why don't you have them over? We can order a pizza. Mm -hmm. Um, And so instead of like pushing that person away, allowing them to be a bigger part of our lives so that I can, so that I can be a blessing to them so that I can also um, show my daughter that I'm not going to just distance myself from her, her friends. It makes me feel like they're not behaving in a certain way. Um, We've, we've been lucky that we really, we have family meetings and we do a family retreat where we do a 360 peer review. So we actually like 
check in with one another and say, Hey, here are the things that I'm seeing in your life. And and like, this is what I want for you. And this is the vision we have for you. And then their siblings get to speak into it as well. So we've gone through different seasons where one of our kids has just been a bear, but the siblings have been given the opportunity and almost the authority to speak into their lives and say, Hey, like, why are you, why are you being like this? You don't need to be like this. And so they become used to getting feedback all around, um, wow. which has been really helpful because they, they know when they're called out on stuff and they're kind of like, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I love that idea. I'm so writing that down right this minute. I'm adopting 360 peer yeah. review in our yeah. family. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, so good. And so it's not perfect, but I also know that sometimes things are just for a season. And so there's, there's praying asking God to meet the needs that they, it's not getting met, that they're looking for other people to meet. And then also just continuing to encourage them and love them. And yes, addressing the behavior, but also, especially as teens, my role is to coach them and advise them. And so when it's disrespectful, I can address it. But when I feel like they're just going through something, I become the encourager And I do, I remind them, here's who you could talk to. Have you talked to so-and-so there, you know, so-and-so down the street? I love her. She's amazing. Just go down and hang out with her. She's an open door for you. Just coming alongside them because I think there's a difference between seeing like struggle and trying to figure themselves out and then just out and out being rebellious and going down a wrong path. So identifying that as well. That's so good. See, I'm going to call you, Kim. You're going to be kind of <laughs> spiritual mentors. So I'm calling you from now on. <laughs> be like, okay, so she came home today and this was what I was dealing with. How do I yeah. proceed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? Sometimes what they're dealing with and how they're reacting has nothing to do with the thing. It's something mm-hmm. else. I've learned to be able to ask my kids, oh, so like what happened at school today? Because I know the reason why you're rude to me right now has nothing to do with me because... right. I love you. I've kissed you. I said, hello. I just gave you food. What else could you want? Something (laughs) happened at school, you know, and and giving them the space and knowing that, okay, Hey, what's, what's really going on here. And even waiting for that to come out, usually by the end of the day, something will come out. I can always tell when something's going on with my daughter's friend group because of the way she's behaving. And I know it has nothing to do with me. And then if I wait a day or two, I find out, well, so-and-so didn't talk, wasn't talking to me on Tuesday and I don't know what happened. And so that's why she's acting out. And that's why she's being rude to me. Yes, I can correct the behavior, but also, hey, like, I see that you're struggling with something. And so it's this constant like dance. Does that make sense? Disciplining or having consequences, but then also recognizing that maybe now's not the time to go in with that hard. You need to act this way because Mm. something's going on that maybe I can't see. So good, mama. That's so good. Yeah. And it is, it's like being, it's being focused on really like what's going on in your child. And Mm -hmm. for me, sometimes I, I have to superimpose another kid's face on my kid. You know, I'm not joking because I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I raised you to be respectful and polite. Like, who are you? Yeah, right. And um, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. So temporarily, I suspend my imagination to say, this is not my kid. This is mm-hmm. such and such as kid. How would I mm-hmm. address them? Mm-hmm. And that has actually helped me to address my own children with like more patience and more grace. Mm -hmm. And I, Mm -hmm. as horrible as that sounds, but you know, sometimes it's like when you, when you have raised them and you know that they know the rules, like this is not how we behave in our house, like all the things. 
when I consider another child that I didn't raise and mm-hmm. how would I address them, mm-hmm. I actually can extend more compassion yeah. in the moment. So yeah. that's been helpful too. So I hear you. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I find that when I make their behavior about me, then I lose it and then I get angry. But when that behavior doesn't place value on me or my parenting, or I know that this is not why I'm getting angry is because I'm feeling inconvenienced and I'm feeling like I don't have control and I'm feeling like, so it's just the same thing. Thinking about it as not your child and sort of cutting off that connection where you feel like their behavior says something about you. Then you can go, okay, what does this child need? Wow. That is so good. That is so good. All right. Who's rolling with this? <laughs> I'm learning. I'm writing some notes down. Well, I'm learning too. So I'm getting so many, so many great ideas. There's going to be, there's going to be a sidewalk exhibit on my street next week now. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, all right. So you talk, let's talk about more about family culture and what we're um, cultivating in our own family. And so I want to talk about how we create a, a family culture of praise and why it's so important. Yeah, I... I am like a junkie for praise parties. Mm -hmm. I love praise and worship. It's one of my favorite aspects of church. Mm -hmm. I was on the worship team for a hot minute. And so having the posture of praise is really important. And that actually starts with having a grateful, you know, attitude, like just positioning yourself before God knowing the reality of that relationship and then mm-hmm. just thanking God for all the things. Yeah. So especially during this COVID crisis, like, oh my gosh, negative spiral downward is available everywhere you yeah. turn. Yeah. It's like, oh, doom and gloom and it's all good, you know, everything. So we started sort of asking our kids and our, and myself, what's your silver lining for today? Mm, like what's yeah. the, what's the good out of all of this? Yeah. And that has been part of our family culture for a while. We would do highs and lows at dinner mm-hmm. when we did have dinner as a family, which before this <laughs> quarantine, mm-hmm. maybe a couple times a week. Now it's like every night, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, but Dr. Carolyn Leaf, do you know Dr. Carolyn mm-hmm. Leaf? I yeah. love her. Yeah. And she has this great talk about neuroplasticity. And our brains actually can become more positive. We can actually tell our brains how to think. And facilitating a culture of praise actually helps our brains become more positive. Mm -hmm. So that we approach every circumstance with the thought, I can give thanks in all circumstances. We can actually start to live out that scripture, right? And what does it take? It takes the parents when it's bad, putting on some worship music and just filling your house with praise sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's walking away from a really challenging conversation and just dancing, like turning on some fun music and throwing your hands in the air and literally looking like a lunatic. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I love how David, you know, it says that this is like when he was undignified, right? He praised the Lord. He was undignified before the Lord. I love that image because that is literally the image of what it means to be a worship, a worshiper, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Get undignified. Don't take yourself too seriously. Be silly, be fun, 
that will diffuse a situation in your household faster than anything else. I promise oh, for you. sure. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, just get your worship music out and, and praise can be different things. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to sing and dance, even though that's what we do. Yeah. Um, but it can be literally like just a list of thank yous. Mm-hmm. You can just thank you God for, you know, my bed. Thank you for a, a pair of shoes that I can run in. Thank you that my legs can walk a mile. You know, there are so many different areas that we can be thankful for. Mm-hmm. And that's a good place to start, especially if you're like, oh no, I am not singing. There's nothing about <laughs> me that's going to sing. <laughs> especially if my kids don't want to see me sing and dance. I'm like, look what I learned oh. in hip hop class. They're like, no, no, yeah. no. Like as if, <laughs> as if I were to dance, they could not unsee it. Like they're like, no, don't even start. Oh gosh, Kim. I, I told my kids, I said, uh, I'm going to give you a gift. You will not like this gift as you are growing up, but I am going to cure you of being embarrassed. You will never be embarrassed as an adult because you will have experienced it so often <laughs> as a child. <laughs> My mom gave me that gift. It's the best gift you can give your kids, honestly. Like, dance in the streets, like whatever, be, and I don't mean be like foolish or or whatever, belligerent, but so here's a perfect example how my mom cured me of shame. It's a great story. Um, I was in the fifth grade. So just put yourself there. I was on a basketball team and our basket, our girls basketball team was losing like horribly. It was Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, 50 to like 10 or something. And my coach was like, come on girls, like you can do it. And really trying to encourage us. And then my mom comes down from the stands, comes into our little huddle and says, girls, you can do it. She's like, if you win this game, I will turn cartwheels down the whole gym floor. Okay. My mom is like 50 years old or not not quite, but She, so that's what she says. And I'm like, okay, well, this is never going to happen because we're clearly going to lose this game. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I was thinking in my head, like we cannot win now. Yeah. Um, And we won the game. Oh, wow. And my mother turned cartwheels down the length of the, the, of the gym to cheering fans. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Like like wanting to bury myself in a hole. (laughs) Like if I can make it through that, I can make it through anything. Clearly after that, I was like, I'm immune. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, oftentimes the things that our children find embarrassing, their friends find cool. Oh, yes. Every once in a while. And when they say, you know, Mrs. Amici, that was awesome. I look at Eliana and she's like, (sighs) yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And that's how my mom was. My mom was like, everyone loved my mom because my mom literally was like, a cheerleader. She uh-huh. cheerleads people in life. Like yeah. that's who she is. And so for her to turn cartwheels, it was just like a celebration, you know, yeah. at the the highest degree. All my friends thought it was the coolest thing. And I was like, oh, I'm horrified. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, but I did learn that, hey, <clears throat> like I saw even in that moment, like you think, okay, I was like 12, 11 years mm-hmm. old, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I witnessed that my mom did something that I would find totally embarrassing. Right. But she did it with like, just full of joy Mm -hmm. and people loved her for it. 
Yeah. So that was a great lesson to learn. It's like, you know, get undignified. People yeah. want to see others like just go for it and, yeah. and have fun in life. So, yeah. Ooh. I love that. See, maybe that's why you guys just go for it. Like Nike. Definitely go for it. <laughs> like the carries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we even had, we had a, a disagreement with the kids last night that kind of got big. I would say it was their COVID explosion. And we sat them all down on the couch and we were working them through it. And I'm like, okay, guys, it's time to pray. And they're like, no. And, yeah. and it was so funny, but they prayed. And my son was like, thank you, Lord, for my sisters, even though they make me angry. We're all like snickering. <laughs> Like, that's okay. God thinks that's okay. Um, and they, they, my girls laughed and they joked and they were able to have gratitude and praise even within something that wasn't very pretty at all. <laughs> but it broke, it broke something that, that prayer and praise is what broke the tension. Even though we had resolved it and we were ready to go their, their separate ways. We were like, no, 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 let's come back. And then their attitude. And then they were joking by the end of it because they were all sort of praying these funny prayers of like, and even though she was passive aggressive, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love that you mentioned prayer as well, mm-hmm. because that, that's me. That's, I think that's in our human nature. Like when, when we need prayer the most is when we resist yeah. actually doing oh, it the yeah. most. Right. Yeah. And when it, that's the same with my kids. Like when I say, Hey, have you prayed about it? You're like, oh, you know, yeah. oh, I don't want to pray about it. I'm like, I know, <laughs> I know you don't want to pray about it, but maybe you should pray about it. Yeah. <laughs> but you do, it breaks something. It does break something, which is yeah. like, hey, that's a weapon that we have at yeah. our disposal to bring peace to mm-hmm. our homes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that doesn't mean like, I don't want to have a militant spirituality in my house, mm-hmm. but I do want to usher in prayer and praise, especially in the moments when you know that your family needs it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And it goes back to what we talked about before. The thing we typically want to do when we encounter a storm or we have problems is the opposite of what we should be doing to break that. Yeah. Right. So it's not run away. It's run to community. It's not be isolated, but surround ourselves with people. It's not hold on to resentments, but it's to praise and be grateful. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Now you're preaching, Kim. What <laughs> <laughs> do we get spin? <laughs> I love it. All right. So we're going to wrap up with one last question, going back to some of the things that you talked about in your book. So what hope can you give people who are pursuing a God dream before COVID and feeling discouraged? Yeah. yeah. I can imagine there's a lot of discouragement right now. We're kind of on a trajectory and then it, it's gone, or at least yeah. it's, it's derailed for yes. who knows how long. Absolutely. And, and that is, it's heartbreaking. Like when you, when you had a vision and a plan and you were full of enthusiasm and you're like, yes, this is my year. I'm going Um, after it. Yeah. And then COVID and you're like, what? This Uh is, yeah. So this is something that has been said before, but I just think it begs saying again is a delay doesn't necessarily mean a denial. Uh So. Yes, COVID may have presented a delay in actualizing that dream or even moving it forward in this moment, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that it's done. Yeah. You know, I feel like if you have so- you've prayed and God has spoken into your life and said, "Hey, this is the thing that I'm giving you. This is what I want mm-hmm. you to pursue." 
his promises never return void, never, ever. And so just in the season of COVID, commit yourself to asking God to show you opportunities to move forward in whatever way that you can during this season. Mm-hmm. There's, there is probably, well, I don't, I know for a fact that in this season, there is education or learning or mm-hmm. lessons that God has that will serve when the dream actually comes to manifest itself yeah. outside of COVID. Yeah. So yeah, don't, don't think that you're, you come to a full halt stop. It's not going to ever happen. Um, I think it's just pause and consider where does God or what does God want you to do with this new season? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I heard one person on a podcast call it like, this is an opportunity for a family culture reset. Oh yeah. And I was like, wow, I mean, reset in so many areas, you know, like here's an opportunity for us to grow more before we launch that business. Here's a chance for us to connect with our families before they go back to college or off to the next thing or onto the new season where they're going to be busy. Yeah. And I think like we, we can shift our perspective and it can really help us. Absolutely. I mean, this is so many families are doing that. They are finding, I had a girlfriend of mine say, I discovered that I actually really like my kids. Mm. And I thought to myself, wow, that is just so amazing, right? Yeah. What a gift. Because yeah. her kids are not young. And so for her to just like be able to look at her children again with this like fresh perspective of, hey, mm-hmm. they're actually really cool people. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. Yeah. You know, so, and then there are other families that are really struggling, like you said, to reset, to find a new normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but God is with you mm-hmm. and he can help you manifest a family that exhibits peace, mm-hmm. that has power, that mm-hmm. is full of positivity. Yeah. And that's what he's about. That's his signature. So yeah. ask for the strategies that you can employ right now to do that. Yeah. And I'm finding too, I'm seeing things in my kids that I can pray into and for that I never noticed before because we were so busy. Wow. That they're just present. And so things that I might've missed before and not nothing major, but you know, things that I'm like, oh, okay, here's an area where I want to pray that God speaks to her heart about, or here's an area where we can come alongside him and support him. And, and I wouldn't have seen that had we kept busy, had we kept going at the pace we were going and, and you know, their guard is down now. They've just become softened and they're just exposing more of themselves to us. And um, it's really fun to see parts of their personality that they've kept. You know, like again, I have teens. So when you see them with their friends, you're like, oh, that's something I never noticed about them before. I didn't, you you see them in a new light and we're starting to see that now. A lot of it's eking out and they're feeling more and more comfortable to be like fully them and share things with us. And so it's been interesting to be like, this would never be happening. They would never say that to us. (laughs) Well, you're, you're the last resort in the quarantine, (laughs) but you're like, Oh, I got to share this because it's so who I am. Yeah. Mom's the only one left. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. But then I'm doing the same thing with them. Honestly, they're learning things about me that I'm letting my guard down too. And and sharing with them things I might not have shared before, or, um, they're like, Oh, you like that mom? I'm like, yeah. You never noticed because you were too busy with your own friends. I know. Exactly. Oh my goodness. So yeah, yeah, these are all major silver linings that Mm -hmm. we can 
you know, we can pin our faith to mm-hmm. and know that God is working through this. I had this great image that God gave me uh, when this whole COVID thing first started. And because fear was like right on my doorstep, like doom, gloom, you know, yeah. as, as it was on many people's. And I just was like, okay, God, I, how are you working in this? I need to see how you're working. And God showed me a chessboard. And mm. it was like, I am positioning my faithful people. So I am highlighting to mamas what's yeah. going on in their daughters and their sons, right? Yeah. I am, I am causing a um, reconciliation in husband and wife. Like mm-hmm. they're going to have to face each other because they're stuck together all yeah. the time. Yeah. And so all these little things. And he's like, I'm playing chess. Mm-hmm. And and the greatest part of it all came for me was that the last sort of tagline that I felt in that moment with God was I'm setting up the biggest checkmate that you've ever seen. Mm. And I was just like, okay, all right, God, you cheeky man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a huge perspective shift. Yeah, right. Then you can face anything because you're like, okay, I'm and and it also gave me like the knowing I'm just a pawn in this whole thing, but Mm -hmm. be willing to be a pawn, be Mm -hmm. willing to be placed in a place that you're like, I don't understand what's going on. It looks like it's going to be bad, but I'm going to be willing to be placed and willing to be used because I know what God is doing. He's doing something Mm -hmm. way beyond what I can understand, but it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. Love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for this conversation and being with us today. I'm so excited for our listeners to hear this conversation. Yes, me too, Kim. Thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure to see your face again. Yes. (laughs) All right. Bye. You can find Jess at www.jessicacarry.co. She's on Instagram as Jess underscore Carrie AZ and on Facebook as at jessicacarry.co. I'll link to all of this and her book in the show notes. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd like to ask for a favor. Would you be willing to leave a short review on iTunes? We're passionate about helping families thrive, and reviews help families find us. We really appreciate your support. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose. To learn more about Build Your Best Family, go to buildyourbestfamily.com.